So obviously want to get into the unraveling tour and uh, get your opinion on a couple things, being a music fan and look back on the Cavalera tour. But uh, first things first, dude, tell me all about, but I'm curious for what tune is it for? Is it from a tune off of Weapons of Tomorrow or is it something new? It's off of Weapons of Tomorrow. Quite frankly, the band is like hasn't been ready to kind of move into the next thing because we never got to do Weapons of Tomorrow. So we've been incredibly proud of that record since we put it out. And the bands, you know, on the Cavalera tour, the material was great to play live. You know, opening, we open with the kind of song sequence of the beginning of the album. We like to do that in general. And uh, yeah, it just felt great. So the videos for Crust Beneath the Tracks, which uh, was a great one on the Cavalera tour, a real live banger. You know, just a straight headbanging video, basically. And uh, I think it came out pretty great. I'm excited for it to come out. And just to put the record back on the map and actually go out there and support it because, uh, you know, COVID and everything sort of took the ability to do that. And so everybody felt kind of just frozen for a while. And the Cavalera tour was great because we finally got to go out and do it. Finally got to de-thaw, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, we'll play any songs and let alone those, those particular ones that, you know, it's we wrote and worked to bring the life in the studio and all the rest of what you do, you know? Totally. So uh, it felt really good to just like do it. And uh, I, I think like the idea was we'll put a video out and that'll help support the upcoming tours and just like, you know, work the record more basically. Sure. That makes perfect sense. I mean, is it just a performance video or is there any kind of plot to it? Where'd you film it? Uh, we filmed it in Los Angeles in kind of like a hangar mainly a performance video and the theme of the song is kind of uh you know technological progress as something that sort of squeezes the lights out of you <laughs> that's where the the title comes from and everything so there's a lot of like intercut with uh images of modern automated manufacturing and like you know a machine playing a little girl in chess and stuff like that going on that kind of fits in with the theme of the song evils of technology yeah, which I think is kind of the theme right now. <laughs> you know, if you're paying attention, it's just, uh, oh, hey, so we have the greatest technology in the history of the world and uh, we're and also human civilization maybe coming to an end in our lifetime. And that's actually a scientific possibility. So that hits a certain way. And I think some of the stuff on Weapons of Tomorrow kind of gets at that theme of the fear of the future, fear of using technology for ill instead of good. I think those are really the fundamental problems of our age. Yeah, T2 all coming real, dude. Terminator 2, it's like T2 is all coming real. <laughs> well, I, I think all of that stuff, and, and, and I might even go, sometimes I have the thought like, hey, maybe the reason I thought all that stuff that has those, those kind of themes was so cool is because it had like that kernel of truth to it. You know, I don't think I would have liked it as much as I did because I fucking love Terminator and that kind of dystopian <laughs> sci-fi and of that certain era, too. And hell, 80s thrash kind of goes along with all that thematically, I think. And I've always been drawn to that kind of stuff. And I, I now I kind of look back and I'm like, oh, maybe I was drawn to that in the first place because I felt somewhere, oh, this is like kind of poking at an uncomfortable truth that we generally got to bury under so that we can just go about our business, you know? Yeah. 
think on that level about some of that stuff sometimes. I right? trying to analyze why the hell do I like this in the first place, you know? <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. And we kind of touched on it, dude, playing with the Cavaleros and and I got to think the the tour highlighter, maybe you got one that beats it, but pretty rad to see a photo of Max wearing a Warbringer shirt on stage. Oh yeah, you know. I I took a few photos of that myself. It's, it's definitely a marker of respect. You you don't generally wear like a band shirt on stage if you don't like the band and what they're doing. Max Cavalera and, and you know, the classic Simple Tour works. So they were playing uh, the great majority of both Beneath the Remains and Arise. And I thought they were doing a fantastic job of it. It was really cool to see those albums brought to life live. Uh, they hit all the songs I really wanted to hear, too. And, and honestly, just the great majority of both records. I thought it was a fantastic tour. They were really great to us. Enjoyed touring with us, they said, and you know we made a good impression. I think so. It's something that uh, you know don't know, but possible that'll happen again somewhere sometime. And uh, I was really proud of how our band did, both on the stage as musicians and performers, and then like on the road as dudes. You know, <laughs> we have to get our asses to the shows. Uh, we did that tour. We we van and trailered it. So I've done it before, but I was like, Ugh, you know, how are we going to hold up to this? And I was really happy that everybody in the band, like, kept it together, kept it really tight, get the drives done safe, get the load-in done clean and fast, and just, like, you know, the whole thing was running like a well-oiled machine at every level, the whole three weeks of that Cavalera tour. And even though we had some uh, some pretty serious adversity at the end, just the classic, like, vehicle breaks down you sit on the side of the road in the sun for five hours uh. while you get the tow you have to rush in and hot foot it on load in and then like get your ass ready to jump on stage half an hour later kind of thing when you never had any time all day to like do it you know when you're all zapped from being in the sun in illinois for five hours that kind of stuff we did that then like we have to be in repairs the next day, so we're driving up till doors again. We get the load in done in like 15, 20 minutes, and we're on stage on time. And so that kind of stuff I'm always proud of because, like, we work really well as a crew together as well as a band, and we're able to, like, nobody in the crowd knows that any of that happens, even though <laughs> our whole day we're, like, busting ass, you know, just to get there. Totally, totally. And I'm curious, how many shows did it feel like you were back in the swing of things? Was it take three, four, five shows to kind of be like, all right, now the rust is gone. Now I feel like I'm in a groove. No, not even. We were pretty good on the first show and we were damn good by the second and third. Interesting, interesting. I know some artists, it takes a few and I figured maybe with the layoff, you know, because of the pandemic, it might might take a few more. That was kind of my concern, but uh, we've all been doing it a while, and I think everybody in the band was really hungry just to come back to it, and we all have a really high expectation of ourselves and each other. I kind of have the ethos of, like, you know, if we didn't give the best goddamn performance we're physically capable of, you know, you should get your money back or whatever, you know. (laughs) We we owe that to everybody who comes in there, you know, for the sake of metal and all the rest. (laughs) That's how we feel about it. And we, we try not to accept anything less from ourselves. You know, we're, sometimes we're sick, sometimes we, you know, whatever. We can't always be as good as we'd like to be, but we really try. <laughs> and just to put a button on the on the uh, Cavalera Brothers, what's what's your favorite tune off of those albums? You said they played most of the tunes you wanted to hear. Do you have a favorite off of Arise or Beneath the Remains? Many. Uh, let's see. Stronger Than Hate was really sick live because just that, like, that thing just always gets me, like, doing that old mosh step. 
And, and they did lobotomy in there too, which is one I wasn't expecting to hear. That was awesome. They did Primitive Future, which is you know I love Primitive Future, dude. And they and they did Altered States, and they had the whole like like you know sound thing. It was really cool. And they and sometimes they switch it up too. So they had like murder. They did subtraction a couple times. So there's some really good addition there. The title tracks and and all that, which totally should be in there. They were, you know, of course. Yes, for cry <laughs> those kind of ones that you know the ones that you'd expect to be there were there, but also some of the the finer deep cuts I think as well. Flames of Pain that was in there. Did they ever get to uh, Orgasmatron, the Motorhead cover? Totally did Orgasmatron. You know it. <laughs> love it, love it, man. You know, and speaking of touring, we got your own tour coming up, the Unraveling tour with Heathen and Misfire, going to be uh, in OC in Anaheim on the thirtieth, and then the very next night ending the tour at the Whiskey A Go Go. Yeah. Yeah. This is a place, uh, when we were a local band, we started doing, we started out doing pay to play at the whiskey. So it's always kind of like trip down memory lane, going back there and going back as a headliner is a very different experience. And, uh, so we use, we're probably going to open up with a slew of, uh, weapons tracks, you know, and then I, I still like to put a good deal of woe to the vanquished in the set. And, but we play something from every album, you know, we're headlining this time. So the set will be a little longer than the last tour. And uh, we're starting rehearsals tonight. There's 20 songs on that list. We won't be able to fit all that in the set, but uh, we want to have a good diversity of material we can play from different parts of our catalog. You know, so the random guy shouts out a song. We actually know we could actually play it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And, you know, I'm always curious, too, man. You talk about rehearsals and and bands and and with the lineup you got, you you featured two chases in your lineup. So who gets the last name treatment? As a matter of fact, they got the same initials. So who who, how do you difference between Becker and Bryant? They both get the last name treatment, and there used to be two Johns, John Keevil and John Locks. I'm John Keevil. Oh, my God. Uh, and, uh, and so I'm still Keevil. And, uh, and, and, you know, Chase Becker is Becker, and Chase Bryant is Bryant. They all, everyone gets the last name treatment pretty much. <laughs> That's the safest route. And, you know, speaking of, uh, of uh, Becker, man, uh, you kind of share him with uh, Ex Mortis. And, dude, I saw this crazy photo that I'm pretty sure you posted uh, from Conan's wedding, and you recently uh, played a role in that. Oh, yeah, it was the ring bearer in Conan's wedding. Conan from Ex Mortis has been there, like, any time Warbringer needs a fill-in on guitar or bass, Conan has done both for, to fill in for dates here and there when needed. And he learns the set, he nails it. Conan's one of the finest metal musicians in L.A., a hell of a player, really great dude. Uh, so, I've had, you know, I've been friends with him since forever because we both started our band at a similar time and we've been playing in the same LA metal scene since forever and uh and yeah Chase Becker is in two excellent bands I think and he shreds his ass off in both of them Chase Becker is a, a true blue shredder uh so yeah it was uh it was pretty great going down to Guanajuato for Conan's wedding some of the other dudes from tour uh at various places various continents even were there and uh, it, was a, it was a hell of a time. My wife and I went down, went around the historic city, and uh, there's a castle on the hill and everything. It was great. And uh, Chase, uh, speaking of, of Becker, sorry, Becker, uh, he just had a birthday recently, too. Did you guys do anything, celebrate, or just a happy birthday text and call it a day? Yeah, happy birthday. You know, I'm, I'm, more into, I'm not like a birthday guy myself. If you forget my birthday, I won't care. I might even thank you. But, uh, <laughs> you know... 
basically Chase Becker lives up in Washington right now, and the rest of us are down here in the greater Los Angeles area. Ah, so it makes it difficult to get together. That makes sense. It sure does. But, you know, uh, what's cool is is that, like I was saying before about the tour, once the band gets in the van, you know, we get on the road, we get on the stage, we do what we're doing, uh, it's like we haven't skipped a beat. It's like a day hasn't passed. That was really cool. So there is, I think, a deep brotherhood between us just to, based on doing what we do and uh, respect for what everyone else brings, you know? Everybody's got to go up there. And for us to play the songs on our record, we all have to shred in near-perfect time with each other, you know? Totally. So that's uh, the fact that we're able to do that together over and over I think kind of builds a lot of respect between everybody because we don't let each other down, you know, because we don't want to let ourselves down. Everyone's accountable. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's just everyone who's here by now has been playing music since they were a teenager, basically. They know the game. They know the grind. And uh, they're here because they still want it for the right reasons, I think, you know. So, uh I think that is like the culture within the band is good right now. It's in a place I really like it. In the past, you know, when we were younger and stuff, there was a lot of like argument, dispute, anger, all the spinal tap ish you could name, you know, <laughs> that was all going on. And so it's really nice now, you know, I'm 35. I don't want to still be dealing with this shit. And it's nice that we've got it. We're able to operate, we're able to rock and stuff and do it like sharp and professional and well <laughs> that's uh so I, I think i've been taking a lot of pride and satisfaction in that because uh, you know it's it's a progress you don't start there basically <laughs> right right if evolution yeah and so i think uh that does make me hopeful for just more tours more shows more records uh you know if we can do another record with this exact lineup It'll be a milestone for us because it'll be the first two-album run with exactly the same lineup. <laughs> That's never happened in our six records. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm fingers crossed that you guys make it to that point. Are you even thinking about new music or not? You said you're pretty much still weapons of no, tomorrow. Basically, you know how it is. Like The rent's still due for everybody, and that keeps a lot of our time occupied. But... Basically, uh, we do have ideas. There are riffs. I got a demo or two from Carlos from a while ago. I have like eight song concept ideas that I want to develop. But like I was saying, we're kind of like, we we are feeling a little blocked about that because we got to actually put out Weapons of Tomorrow. I kind of think getting this record toured properly, getting it the exposure and the live play it deserves will kind of naturally progress to writing more stuff sort of once we've actually done that we still need to take it to europe we still got to go you know take it to canada we we want to go to latin america southeast asia other parts of the world everywhere we can get to really <laughs> yeah do a full album cycle for it properly yeah so that's kind of what we're trying to do and that's what the the video is sort of about is sort of re-kick-starting this album cycle that we never Cycled, you know, it got kind of <laughs> weapons tomorrow got probably the best critical reception of anything we put out when it came out. And also, I don't think we can just like crank out records at the quality that we insist for ourselves forever. You know, for me personally, I don't ever want to put out a record where I'm like, ah, I like this less than the last one. Yeah, I'm kind of just doing the same thing I've done. You know, I want the feeling of like progression. And for us, that's not like so much we're going to go play this different style now. It's more, we're going to keep sharpening what we do until that is the most razor sharp, tightly written and performed thrash you can hear today. That's kind of the goal. So 
So I, I don't want to like do an album just for the sake of doing an album. I really want everyone to be a progression and that's going to take a lot of it, like kind of the better record we write, the harder it is to top it, you know? Right. Uh, I was a little worried about following up Blow to the Vanquished because that was the first one where I was really like, oh, ish, I really love this thing front to back and I wouldn't change much of a damn thing about it. All the other ones, I had my critiques, you know, <laughs> I, I could still, I could be pretty nitpicky, but uh, I'm excited to kind of like to, to start working towards something new and to sort of start imagining what's it, what it's going to be. But I'm not in a rush. You know, the band's been around for 15 years now. If we put out a record, tomorrow or two years from now there'll be some people to listen to it uh i think that uh basically it's not going anywhere and so we can sort of do it as is natural and good because everyone you know everyone's got their own life and stuff too i've been a teacher for the last three years i'm still doing it actually even though i'm on tour this year the school i teach at is having me teach even though i'm like well i am going to be going on tour and this time this time and this there's more coming up so I got really lucky there, but it's my eventual goal in kind of my regular life to finish my master's and try to like teach history in a community college or something. I'm doing GED math right now, and it's, it's nice. I like teaching, but it's not uh, the thing I really wanted to be into. Yeah, I hear you. I went down that road for a second, too, as a sub for a minute. What, what's, the, uh, what's the test you have to pass for that? I'm blanking on it. Not teaching credential, but you have to take CBEST. Yeah, that one. Yeah, there we go. Dude, John, I appreciate all the time. Last thing I got to hit you with, uh, speaking of thrash and albums, and uh, we're an old-school radio station. We do mandatory metallic every night at 10 p.m., which you're going to be a part of. And I was trying to think of a, a different uh, approach with you because we've talked Metallica in the past before. And I'm going to throw it a little a little bit of a different curveball. I mean, make, make you work a little bit. I'm curious, your favorite album or tune, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt if it's just one tune, but after the Black Album in the Metallica catalog. Okay, I think I might have mentioned this last time, but the one that pops right into my head is Outlaw Torn being very underrated. Really? Wow, I wouldn't have guessed that from you. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just like that one. Uh, that one's pretty cool. To be honest, though, I don't know. It, it's like been a while since I've had a pass at the 90s Metallica, you know? It, it's been a darn while. But, like, yeah, that's the one that pops in my head. You asked, I answered. <laughs> I love uh, it. I love it. I love that you had that on the, the, the tip of your tongue. And it, I, I actually thought you might go one of the last two albums that it, they've since they've kind of more returned to their thrash roots on the last few albums. What, Death Magnetic and Hardwired? Yeah, they, they have. That's true. Uh, you know, on the last record, uh, I thought Spit Out the Bone was a cool number. Yeah, my favorite, too, on the last one. And then it's kind of funny, yeah. the last two, the, talking about them being thrash albums, Spit Out the Bone was the last track on Hardwired, my favorite. And then Death Magnetic, the last track on that, My Apocalypse, the favorite. Yeah. And hey, even on the classic records, it was a thing on, you know, like Damage Inc. or Dyer's Eve to have the thrashiest fastest song be the last one that's kind of a thing metallica has done very well for quite some time <laughs> yeah i love that you go know? out on a high note you know yeah we'll go out with that high energy thing and they tend to do that like after like an expansive piece like cthulhu or something or you know or, well cthulhu different album but you know like orion or something yeah totally but outlaw torn you're sticking with outlaw torn I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. Yeah, that's a fine one. I ride the dirt. I ride the tie. That's a cool line, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
It's cool. I don't think I've played that one yet. So that, that's a great request, too. Yeah, it's a good, like, I don't know, just desert highway, open sky kind of tune, little cowboy. It's kind of, you know, it's one of the better ones of that flavor, I think, that they do. Beautiful, man. Safe travels out there. We'll see you in Anaheim. All right. Thank you, man. Have yourself a good one. You too, Bye-bye. John. Bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety. Available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.